To continue on our series, Blind Spots in Parenting, Melanie, I want to talk about discipline. What were the blind spots in discipline? What snuck up on you? What did you think wasn't a big deal, but really was a big deal? Or what did you make a big deal that you shouldn't have made a big deal? My list is long. Yeah, mine is too. And it was really fascinating as I started to think back over the years when you asked this initially, how many things I could say I did well, right? and how many things, gosh, I just wish that I had, I had done differently. So I'm, I'm glad to have this conversation. Welcome back to Parenting to Impress, your go-to podcast to learn practical ways to love God and love others and impress this on the hearts of your children. I am your host, Heidi Franz, and I am joined by my dear friend, Melanie Simpson, two moms who have made a lot of mistakes, but have found grace and truth along the way. Melanie, that last sentence is exactly what we can echo Mm -hmm. in our parenting journey. We have made a lot of mistakes, but God has been gracious and he has provided us with truth along the way. So let's just dive in. Okay. To begin, Melanie, let's define what discipline is. We're talking about the the way that we train our children to obey our rules with the understanding that this is also an obedience to the Lord and trying to um, be clear that sometimes this involves a discipline, a punishment, mm-hmm. um, a consequence, um, a consequence um, to correct disobedience. Right. So we're we're trying to do the training to avoid the disobedience. Right. Right. But in the event that it will happen, because it will, is right. the disobedience. We also need to correct that behavior. Exactly. All right. So share one blind spot. Yeah, it's so interesting because the first one that popped into my mind when we started talking about this was that I don't think I was as thoughtful as I should have been about the specific temperaments of my children. And let me explain what I mean by that is I can think very clearly about um, one of my children and I knew pretty, pretty early on that a, a great method of discipline was to remove him from our family unit. And I don't, it's not, you know, I wasn't throwing him in the solitary confinement box, but just to separate him, the separation, definitely he felt that. Mm -hmm. But some of my other kids were harder to get a read on and I should have been a better student of them to really figure out what would have been the most beneficial. Again, this is, it's really not a big deal. It's not like they weren't disciplined or anything, but I know I could have done a better job with that. Now, that also because because of my own sin, I was tired, I was lazy, whatever. But I I know that's something that in hindsight I I would have changed. So let's hit on that topic of tiredness right there. Yeah, you stated that it was a sin. Mm-hmm. Explain that. Okay, so fatigue is not a sin, right? I mean, right. we're tired. But what happened was when I was experiencing seasons of fatigue, when we had new babies in the house or mm-hmm. whatever, it very often meant that I got dis- I got lazy in my discipline. I got lazy in either admin- administering consequences, following through with consequences, or, and this is the next one, I swung to the other side, which was I started disciplining out of anger. Yeah, I would get so frustrated and angry that things were out of control, and I would just lash out. And I didn't realize the implications that fatigue tiredness, weariness had in my parenting. Mm -hmm. It was a blind spot that suddenly I would be in a situation and I'm lashing out with emotions 
going, where did that come from? Yeah, way, way bigger than the situation called for. And maybe that's kind of your red flag, right? When you find yourself having really big emotions about something that's not that big of a deal, um, that's kind of your first warning sign. So as a mom, what are, and and we could do an entire podcast on this topic, but what is one tip that you found was really helpful to make sure you were not fatigued to the point of parenting? poorly. Obviously, I had to be mindful of my own sleep. I had to be attentive Mm -hmm. to my own health. Um, But if it was just one of those prolonged seasons where we just, I wasn't sleeping well, I still tried to be careful to take a timeout then. When the incident occurred, I gave myself a timeout. I stepped away from the situation so that I wasn't disciplining from that. I wasn't reacting, right? Like I want to be responsive. I don't want to be reactive. Oh, that is so key. When we react, that's when the emotions come along. When we're using our toolbox, when we are responding to the situation, then we can leave our emotions at the door. Right. And deal with We're addressing the issue, not my emotions around the issue. Exactly. Okay, now Heidi, you said something really interesting. You talked about relying on our toolbox. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that as a blind spot. And we've used this often in other other podcasts too, but what is it about a toolbox that is beneficial or is a blind spot for us? I didn't realize the power the effectiveness that my toolbox had. I would get into situations in parenting and go, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this situation. When my toolbox was sitting there going, hello, I can help you. Use me. (laughs) (laughs) And I use the word toolbox because think about if you are going into a home as a handyman, handywoman, and you're going to fix something, you're going to take those basic tools. Mm -hmm. You're going to take a pair of pliers. You're going to take a hammer. You're going to take a screwdriver, two different screwdrivers. You know, you're, you're going to take these basic tools in. And that's the same way with parenting. I was thinking that Every situation of parenting was going to require a different tool. Specific. A specific tool so that I could get a specific response. And what I learned in parenting, I only need about two or three tools. Mm -hmm. And if I will use them consistently, because it is not what is the consequence, it's the promise of the consequence. And that's so important. Kind of flesh that out real quick. So a, a good toolbox should have a handful of tools. Yeah. You said consequences are one. So we have, from the very early ages, trained our children then that disobedience Mm -hmm. results in a consequence. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the first thing. Okay. What else should our toolbox have? I think our toolbox should have things like one-liners in them. Okay. The one-liners are things like when your child asks you a question that you know the child needs to think through or knows the answer to, you say, Tell me why you think that. Mm -hmm. Or when the child says, I'm not doing that. And you say, bummer. These are just those one line responses Mm -hmm. that you can already have in your head. Mm -hmm. They remove the emotion and you can say them to the child. And we will link in the show notes a free PDF that you can print off, post on your refrigerator of, I don't know, there's probably 20 or 30 one-liners on there that you can use. So a one-liner is a great option. What I hear you saying is take the time right now 
when you're not in the heat of the moment Mm -hmm. to think through what are the tools that I have at my disposal. Mm -hmm. Like Heidi said, we've got lots of options that you can call through on the podcast page and the website and the blog, but get those clear now. Mm -hmm. And remember, like Heidi said, you don't have to have... My, I'm dying laughing. I'm thinking about my husband's toolbox, a metric socket and a, and a, and a U.S. socket. Like, right. <laughs> you know, it's not that, right. it's not, we don't have to make it that hard. No, pretty much I use in parenting two, maybe three in an entire year. I don't have a lot of parenting tips. Yeah. They're just the same ones, but I'm consistent with them. And they don't change. And wouldn't you say that training is a tool? Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about that. that because I think that's a blind spot too, is when mm-hmm. we don't consider the the groundwork, the foundation of training, mm-hmm. and then we you know, just kind of jump on a kid when they disobey. And we they're like, what? What, what did I do? And we've never trained them how to do something differently. In the same instance, we tell kids, stop crying, stop hitting, stop whining, but we never train them what to do instead. Mm-hmm. Every time we tell a child to stop doing something or if we want to end a behavior, we've got to fill that ba- behavior with a positive option. Okay. Okay. I'll give you an example. I wanted to walk into a store that I knew had things that I did not want my children to touch. Okay. Right. I don't want, I didn't have the money to buy everything that the child then swept off the counter and shattered. Okay. (laughs) So we trained at home, we called it hide your thumbs. So you would tuck your thumb into your palm and you fold your other Mm -hmm. fingers over top of that. And then you can either hold, put them in front of you or behind you or down at your side. But this eliminated the ability to pick anything up because you're hiding your thumb. You've made a little fist. And then it was simply rewarded with, you are doing such a great job listening to mommy. I am so proud of how you are persevering in listening to me and obeying mommy. And oh, I, I, I didn't have to bribe a child. I have to give them a treat or anything like that. But we practice at home first. So that when we got to the store and I said, hide your thumbs, they just did it. That's exactly right. The training occurred and then you were able to take that out and use it in situations. Mm -hmm. That is a perfect example. But we expect our kids to know how to obey when all we're telling them is what not to do. Right. It's so easy. I mean, hear me. I I did it a hundred times probably. It is so easy to focus on the bad behavior Mm -hmm. and the disobedience Mm -hmm. because that's what kind of jars us. It gets our attention, right? And I'll tell you this. I can remember being out in public and wanting to jump on the discipline um, because other people saw it. Oh, another blind spot. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. But But it also goes hand in hand with if I hadn't trained the kid, that's right. not that's not fair to my child that that's I'm right. jumping on them in public and they're like, what just happened? Right. Okay, but to your point, so not disciplining in public, disciplining in public. And that is such a a fine line. Mm-hmm. When do I handle the situation immediately? And when do I need to handle it at home. Maybe that is leaning down and whispering in the child's ear saying, we will talk about this later, or maybe it's completely ignoring it Mm. and then dealing with it when you're in the privacy of your own home. Mm -hmm. Now, Melanie, what is one reason to delay a consequence and not discipline in public? Well, I mean, one could simply be, it's just not that big a deal. 
I mean, it's it's not affecting the situation, mm-hmm. but it's something you see in that child as disobedience. And so it, you just don't have to bring it to their attention right then and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we don't give our kids enough credit. They will remember. Yes. <laughs> They're not going to forget. If you, I mean, right. don't worry if you need to delay that discussion. Mm-hmm. But I think the bigger picture is our, our goal as moms and dads is not to shame our kids. Right. We are not after making them feel so badly about themselves that they are unable to to kind of regroup, recoup mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. Colossians 3.21 says, don't provoke children mm. lest they become discouraged. And I think that's one of those things when we are out in public, we know that people are watching. So we're under pressure. They're under pressure. So easily we can kind of just poke at our kids. Mm. We are feeling anxious. We're feeling insecure, but it really discourages our kids. Yeah. We don't ever want them to associate obedience with performance. Yeah. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Like we said in the Raising Good Kids episode, Mm -hmm. we're, we're after their hearts. Yes. And I would add to this blind spot, make sure that people around you don't hear just the negative about your kids. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Because that is so important for the kids to be known for who they are, Mm -hmm. not for the frustration that they give you and the failure that you feel is occurring in your home. Right. That's a great point. We need to be speaking life into our kids. And I know from my own walk with the Lord, that often does mean discipline. Right. But it is still part of his life giving because we know that he disciplines those he loves. So let's hit on one more because I think I am prone to this over talking. Yeah. What is the blind spot involved in over talking or well, over explaining? Over explaining, I think, is a really good one. There is this school of thought that I must sit down with my child and shepherd their heart to death. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. <laughs> and then there's school of thought that the child just needs to obey. And I'm going to say both ditches are dangerous. Mm-hmm. One is creating a soldier. It is authoritarian parenting where the other one, the child is going to tune you out. Mm-hmm. I love the art behind that is that you're talking and you're explaining and you're loving and you're disciplining and then you're loving some more. And I love the thought behind that, but we don't need to use that many words. Ecclesiastes 6.11 says, the more words you speak, the less meaning they have. So what good are they? The more words you speak in a disciplined situation, the less meaning they have. And the sooner that child is going to just block out what you're saying. Right. So what I encourage parents to do is keep it between the ditches. Yes, there is a time to talk to the child. That's where the training comes up. We get to the heart of the matter. We talk about what does Jesus say? What does the Bible say about this? What did Jesus do? Talking about raising kids who are broken um, in a past podcast. Then once the training has occurred, that's when I feel like the words are turned off. We don't need to explain anymore. We don't need to lecture. We don't need to pull out the Bible and thump our children with it. Instead, it is, I have trained you. Mm -hmm. 
you made the poor choice. Now here's your consequence. Now we don't say those things to them, but that's what's mentally happening in our head. The child made the poor choice. The child receives the consequence without a lecture, without a long prayer and a long scripture time and a long hug. Yeah discipline, move on. Yeah. Well, Heidi, I have loved just going through this list with you. It's really helped me get a better picture of how to steward discipline, how to steward training in my home. I still have a couple of kiddos who live at home. And so it's not like this is without merit for me, even yeah. now with teenagers. But I do want to offer encouragement to the moms and dads of young children. You have heard Heidi and I talk about this a million times, but now is the time to to do the training, to mm-hmm. lay the groundwork. I can tell you that is one thing that Heidi's family and my family, I feel like we've done well, that we, we spent the time, we put in the time yeah. when they were little. Our kids are not perfect. But the fact of the matter is they know that they are safe to make mistakes with us. They know because we have those boundaries, we have the consequences. Mm-hmm. Home is a safe place to fail because we love them. Yeah. Yeah, and we we are trying our hardest to live out our love of God in relationship with our kids. We call it the foundational years that birth to age five. From a very young age, we have trained them that you are to obey, and that obedience produces safety. Mm-hmm. That obedience produces joy, and then passing that baton, then they learn to obey God. They learn to love their siblings. Passing the baton, they learn Mm -hmm. to love their coworkers. They learn to love people in the grocery store. They learn to love workers at McDonald's who mess up their meals. Mm -hmm. It's just a continual growing experience, and it starts in your home in those foundational years. This has been great, Heidi. I appreciate the opportunity to just kind of think through those blind spots in regards to discipline. And I just, I hope and pray that as parents listen to this, they know that there is value to be found in discipline. And as with everything, keeping it between the ditches is what God calls us to do and stay the course. The one encouragement that I want to give parents of all, kiddos all ages, is that it is a continual process. Parenting, my husband says this all the time, parenting is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And you're going to make mistakes. As Melanie and I said at the beginning, we've made a lot of mistakes, and but we've learned from those mistakes, and we're going to learn from the mistakes we're making now because we are in tune with the Holy Spirit, listening, what does He have for us? How can we better parent to raise children, not who are good, not who are moral, but raise children who truly understand their need of a Savior? We want to thank you for listening to the Parenting to Impress podcast. Be sure to visit abcjesuslesbian.com and check out the show notes for more information on topics shared in this episode. Please subscribe and share with your friends.